This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I talk with Zach Drake. Hailing from Ottawa, Canada, his love of soccer took him to points all around the world. But what you'll find as the story unfolds is he learned a lot more than soccer moves on these trips, and it changed his life in ways that I don't think he ever imagined. So enjoy the conversation with Zach. Hi, Zach. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. One second. (laughs) Um, I, I totally just I put a water bottle down because it's empty and it was rattling around and I'm like, please stop. Like, please don't fall over. Please don't rattle around. And okay. That you, was, totally, you totally know that that's going to stay in now, right? That's uh, how we're starting. It. Okay. So hi, Zach. How are you doing? Oh my goodness. I'm lovely. How are you doing? I'm really happy right now because that is the best way to start a show. <laughs> yes, I have a huge smile on, probably a little embarrassed now. Um, no, it's okay because but... you know right before I, before we paused to say hello, I took like a giant gulp of water that was heard through the entire microphone. So it's totally cool. So um, why don't we jump in <laughs> and let your red face settle down and we'll uh, get on track. Um, so let's talk about how we met. So we are another Oasis meetup, more or less. Now, well, actually, we've never met and we've never talked to each other. So that's kind of fun. But we've just uh, seen our stories on the Oasis and that sort of thing. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I remember just kind of sharing some messages, sharing the love back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, you know, the encouraging environment that we had there. And you were always one of those awesome presences presences. Um, Yeah, you were an awesome presence there. And always, you you were encouraging me, especially through, um, I had a difficult time at exactly the same moment that I joined the Oasis. Mm -hmm. And people like yourself really helped me uh, get through that. So thank you. You're welcome. You know, it was the same for me. I think what, um, like, I I just don't want it to go away. And now that you work for Brian, you work for the, the, um, his new site and his new work. Uh, I know mm-hmm. I've been hitting you guys up all the time going, please don't let it go away, you know, but it's just one of those things that you have to go. It has its time. You know what I mean? But it was so good. Oh, my gosh. The the things that came out of that, like if you look at all the things, the connections and the people that connected and the creation, the people, the things people created from that experience, it's just uh, it's like um, probably the most visible ripple effect I've ever been witnessing, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the funny thing is, it was actually through the Oasis that I ended up getting a job from Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, meeting meeting a bunch of awesome people and kind of just sharing the love in that way. Yeah, that team, um, that everything that they did, I just love. I, I mean, literally, like, um, they inspire me every day with what they do and what you guys do. It's just it's so good. It's so good. 
Um, yeah, I think that he, like, sometimes I think he created it for me to be able to find my voice, which is, I have to thank him for that all the time. He and Alexandra, actually, both of them. So we shared some messages on there. We kind of got inspired. And, um, but one of the things I noticed about you that you always talked about was soccer. And so um, today, when we talk about how you have followed your passion in your life, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that started. And if that really is it, or maybe I'm missing it, but I think that's it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so pretty much throughout my life growing up, I, I played soccer. My older brother was playing soccer. My dad was a soccer player. Uh-huh. Um, oh, really? Your dad was, too? Yes, he, he actually still plays and we still talk about his huh. games now. He, he's a bit slower, but you know, he's still got his little <laughs> hey, tricks. Hey, yeah. Uh, so wait, let me but, just ask you, were you, where did you grow up? Were you in, was it in Canada? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I grew up in Canada, grew up in Ottawa, born okay. and raised there. Um, okay. spent my, my whole youth soccer career, um, in, in Ottawa. Um, then around age 15, 16, um, after, well, my dad coached me to that point and I had an opportunity with a Brazilian soccer coach. Uh, who ended up liking me as a player, and mm-hmm. he invited me over to to Brazil for some trials with a professional club. And, when you were sixteen, um, yeah. Well, actually, I was fifteen when that wow. first happened. Um, I That's went over a for big deal. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I went over for about two weeks um, and came back home and thought that was it. But no, they liked me. They wanted me to come back for mm. a two months trial. So that was kind of a, a bigger step and something that I ended up taking a bit more seriously. Um, and it actually, it started the dream really because mm-hmm. being, being a soccer player in Canada, there's not a whole lot of opportunities. Um, a lot of hockey up there, think, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not quite and, as much soccer. Yeah, for sure. So I ended up going there. Um, I rocked the two months. It got extended to six months. So I, I should also note that during that time, no parents um, went there with a group of boys about oh my, my age as gosh. well. Um, yeah, <laughs> living in an apartment there, it, it helped us grow up really quickly. And I actually attribute a lot of my future success that, like, I can explain later mm-hmm. to to like those moments and really having to having to grow up and having to figure out how to do my own laundry and and cook for myself um, during that time. So like, Um, how did your parents trust enough to let you go that far away (laughs) on your own? I mean, not that I mean, even if you were a really great, reliable kid and all those things, you know what I mean? Just the idea of going to a different country in South America and the state, you know, just from a safety perspective. And how did they do that? How did they manage that? Exactly. Well, actually, um, it was in Sao Paulo where I was living. Mm-hmm. And at least at the time, I'm not sure if it still is, but it, it was considered the most dangerous city in South America. Oh my God. Um, so there was, there was a lot of, uh, kind of tension there, but, uh, my parents were always really supportive of my dream. And I think that kind of stems from my dad's background in soccer and, mm-hmm him really wanting to, to push me to have something better than what he had. Because again, when he was my age, he didn't have an opportunity like that to go to like, it's, it's 
pretty much well one of one of the top soccer countries in the world. Right. Um, so so they were so encouraging about it and and really helped me make that decision at I guess age sixteen. Um, and and yeah, it was mm. it was one of those defining moments in my life. Like I can totally feel how big that was. You know what I mean? Like what a just the imagining what that must have been like to have that opportunity at that age. You know, and not not be afraid to take it from your on your own perspective as well. Because it's one thing for your parents to to go through saying, yes, it's okay, but it's another as a like 15-year-old to take that leap and not be afraid. I think I would have been too afraid, so I give you a lot of credit for taking the leap. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's awesome. Oh, um, that's, yeah, Go on, keep talking. So, this is so good. Yeah, I guess moving on from there, uh, at the end of the, the six-month period, I actually didn't end up getting the professional contract. Okay. Uh, ended up coming back to Canada and finished up high school. So at that time, I, I took off a bit of high school while I was in Brazil. Oh, um, wow. Went back, finished high school on time. I, I had to crunch a whole bunch of classes in <laughs> like one or two semesters. Okay. Um, got that done. And even even at that point, something was changing in myself, uh, just in terms of how, even how I was approaching education. Mm-hmm. Um, before Brazil, I was I was one of those kind of class clowns. Mm-hmm. I didn't take things seriously. Um, you know, my mom always said that I was smart, but I never applied it. Uh-huh. And, and after Brazil, um, I, I feel like it gave me this, this self-discipline and this work ethic that it, it really started being the defining characteristic in my life. And throughout that, that bit of high school, mm-hmm. I, I, I amazed myself with the the grades that I got, um, and then from that point, mm. I I decided to go the U.S. scholarship route for for soccer, going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, did that? Where did I you go? Had, um, I went to India. I went to Holy Cross in Indiana. Okay. And then that was my first year, and I actually transferred to Bethel College, which was still in Indiana, and I it seemed like the right move for me for the the soccer program that they had there mm-hmm. the coach was actually he was brazilian um but also they had um the the type of classes i wanted to study in right. kinesiology um and and so it, it was an all-around great move and a great decision and another if you want to talk about um you know things happening for a reason mm-hmm. uh it's it was one of those moments that it, yeah now that I look back, it was a no brainer at again, the, the amount of not just like education that I got there or Mm -hmm. soccer training, but the relationships that I made with people and the real life learning experiences that I had there, um, again, created this, it just kind of rocket boosted me into a whole new area. Also, there's, like for myself, I'm not even sure if it was so much comparing with other people, mm-hmm. but the the type of environment that I was growing up in, um, it wasn't really helpful to mm. to you know your your development and the type of people that I was hanging out with at the mm-hmm. time. It ended up you know being you know you're the sum of the five people nearest you that sort of stuff. So right, if exactly. I'm, if I was hanging out with you know the the bad crowd at school. Um, I, I definitely wasn't going to be doing my homework. 
Uh, right. But right, or even but, I mean, even just it's sometimes it doesn't even have to be the bad crowd. It can be just the you know the mediocre crowd <laughs> or the yes. you know what I mean. Like even I mean that's the thing. It's it's it, you really have to. It's worth looking at that. I always think it's worth stepping back and looking at that. Like where am I spending my time? You know mm-hmm. now. I bet I didn't know that before. So that's a good thing to point out. So you, yeah, exactly. So you're at Bethel College, right? Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty proud of myself right now that I remember like that. the name. And then what? What next? Um, well, I guess there. Well, moving on with with developing my character. Right. right. Um, it was a really spiritual institution. It was very religious, and I grew up with a kind of Catholic background, you know, the, uh-huh. the sort where you, you would go for mass during Christmas, maybe Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, you know, you wouldn't dive into it that much. And even in high school, it, it wasn't a big thing, but then going to Bethel, um, it, yeah, there was <laughs> the Holy spirit was alive at that college. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a completely new, um, incredible experience. And it, it helped me develop my own spirituality, which, um, though a lot of people there, um, you know, they, they were really encouraging, uh, and helping me asking or helping me when I was asking questions. Um, I ended up not going the Christian route and Mm -hmm. kind of developing my own understanding of, of, you know, energy in the universe and, and how that influences me. Um, and so more of a spiritual I, belief than an organized religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it, I never would have explored that area of my life if I didn't go to Bethel as well. Oh. Um, so so that was that was kind of the yeah the personal development aspect. But going back to the soccer, um, I was I was doing well there. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually, I was, I've always been a really hard worker, um, for my soccer training. So I going into my last year, which was going to be what I, what I assumed was my breakthrough year. Um, you know, I was going to be captain. We were mm-hmm. going to have an amazing team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was training really, really hard and mm-hmm. I thought I was recovering enough, but I, I pushed my body too far and I ended up, um, developing a lower back hip injury mm-hmm. that it it was it was really devastating and it it kind of it it didn't completely wreck my final year of soccer but I had to take months off to try and heal it and then I ended up playing that last year it wasn't a very um successful year I I might have been playing at around 60 percent uh and just kind of got through it and that yeah, I, I graduated and I wasn't really satisfied with that right. at the time. So what do you think like what do you think that injury was supposed to what what do you what do you think you were supposed to learn from that injury? Uh well exactly. Um <laughs> I at the time I had no idea. Right. Um I I was sort of cursing the world yeah, as I was yeah. um trying to improve and though I was putting effort into it every day, not seeing any, um, any improvements from it. But I ended up having, uh, a nice, a mentor, a soccer mentor, uh, help me. And he, he asked me to write down 10 reasons why, um, 
having this injury would benefit my life. Mm. Um, and after writing that list, it, it changed my perspective on it. And yeah, it ends up, uh, being such a good thing, like having to overcome something like that, uh, knowing that I can focus my efforts in a certain way and make a difference like that. You can always find the silver linings in, in those types of problems. Can you tell, tell me one of the things that was on the list? Do you remember it? Um, it, it if not, we can move. We can, like, was that? Yeah, it, it was a few years ago. Um, I, I'm sure it would, uh, yeah, I believe one of the top ones would have been something like knowing that if I can get through this, mm -hmm. that I can achieve anything. That's good. That's yeah. a good one right there. Because, I mean, when it's the thing that you love the most, you know, that's, that's the tricky thing, you know, when you can't do the thing that you love the most, you have to find a way to love a lot of other things till you can get back to it. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, and, so far soccer carried you from a lot of, to a lot of different places, just that underlying yes. passion for that. Mm -hmm. And actually going out of that, um, it kind of led me to you because Going to the Oasis, finding that type of encouraging environment during that injury, um, I ended up meeting amazing people like you. Mm -hmm. And um, that that kind of time of my life, it was also the, the decision whether or not I continue with soccer and continue struggling with the injury and, and improving and, and getting back to playing at my full capacity. Um, I ended up, um, meeting Brian as well, um, getting hooked up with a cool job that was mm -hmm. location and independent with him. So <laughs> I, I was able to work from home. That's so cool. Uh, yes. And then from that point, I actually ended up getting a soccer opportunity in Germany. Um, and that's kind of when the fun began and, the momentum started building again and, and things have been rocking from, from Aww, that point. That's so cool. So what was it like to be there playing in Germany? What was that um, like? It, well, do you speak again, German? It, first of all, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. <laughs> well, an interesting thing, I actually started uh, learning German about two or three months before I even knew I had the opportunity <laughs> in Germany. Very um, nice. Yeah, so it's one of those things that when when it popped up, I was like, yes, this is the right path. Um, so I was kind of preparing for it without knowing. Um, oh, I love when that happens. Yeah. Yes. So going there, it, it, it was awesome. A new, more professional environment um, and just kind of developing my career more and more. Um so that, yeah, that was a really fun time. Can you but say that? Can you say the team you played for? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I played for the first team I played for was in, it was Darmstadt, okay. which is about an hour away from Frankfurt. Um, and then my, I, I had that season, I came back to Canada and my partner was still in Canada and mm -hmm. she wrapped up her education and she actually shipped out to Germany again with me for the second season. Uh, and it was another really important kind of part of our, my life because it, it was the, 
I'm, I'm kind of meshing my hands together. It, it was <laughs> smushing my, my relationship, my, my soccer career, my dreams and goals and all these different areas, smushing it all together and, and building on the actual, the life that I really wanted to be living. Nice. Uh, yes. And so we, we had a, a good time in Germany. It wasn't necessarily the best, um, the best idea long-term for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to go somewhere where they spoke English, uh, fluently so she could work as well, mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to go somewhere warmer. So we ended up choosing Australia for my next season. So I started reaching out to some Australian teams and I got picked up in for a team in Tasmania. Uh-huh. Yes. Nice. Just saying that is fun, right? So yeah. like, do you have a manager that does all this or is this how, I don't know how this part of soccer works or is this something you do independently and go out and look for yeah. those kind of opportunities or how does that work? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, so many people, well, most people would do an agent Mm -hmm. or go through some services or if they're super lucky, you know, the team has a scout that watches them play that one game where they play amazing. (laughs) Um, but throughout this, this whole journey, I've, I've been, doing it myself, um, like getting a scholarship to the States. I I went through that process myself, reaching out to different teams, um, and working through that way. Yeah. It's been an individual process. Uh, and it's something that I'm proud of. And I, I enjoy learning all the the ways that I've done it and Mm -hmm. sharing that with, with the new generation of soccer players that like myself didn't Mm -hmm. know what to do. They weren't sure, um, and instead of, you know, just quitting or playing locally, encouraging them to, to go beyond, you know, go abroad and, and travel to these exotic places and, and try new things. You know, I just thought of a question that probably all the listeners are like, why is she not asking this question? And that is what position do you play? I should have asked that because <laughs> my son, my, well, both of my boys played soccer, but my younger son is in starting in high school playing right now. It's his first season in high school. And. Um, yeah, it's like all we talk about around here. So the fact that I haven't asked that yet is a little bit embarrassing. We'll have to, I'll have to pay for that later. So what position do you play? Um, so I, I grew up playing more of a center mid role. Okay. Um, kind of a playmaker. I, I like to pass the ball more than I like to shoot. Like I, I always, I make other players look good. That's, <laughs> that's what I like to say. Okay. Um, and then I've found myself in a right defense position and now left defense, but honestly, wherever the coach needs me, I, it's kind of like a utility player. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, someone's injured in the midfield, maybe I'll play there one game. If the other team has a really good player on the right side of the field, I would go over there. Um, so I, I kind of hop around anywhere but goalie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. We have, we have, oh my gosh, we have such a really incredible goalie. You guys should have come scout him for, for the future. Seriously. He's so there good. Go. Um, so tell me this, like, what is, what is your favorite pro team? You have to have one of those, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I want to hear this. <laughs> so 
I, I grew up being an Arsenal fan in that's in England, and that's because <laughs> I come from an Arsenal family. Like my dad likes Arsenal, my okay. brother likes Arsenal, so I, I have to be true to the family there. Uh-huh. Um, but in in Germany, my favorite team is Bayern Munich. Um, they're just a powerhouse, um, amazing team, fun to watch. My son is going to love that. That's his favorite team. So when he listens to this, which who knows if that'll happen, but if he does, (laughs) he'll be like, yes, you had someone so cool. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess it it changes. It depends on the country. If you pick a country, I can, I can always say which one, which one's my favorite. Yeah. They, they really take it to another level. And, and I've, I've been lucky enough to experience some of the playing against some of the, the higher quality teams, um, playing against a first division team Mm -hmm. in Germany. Um, it's, yeah, it's unreal how, how well they, well, their touch on the ball. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I I think I wrote in my journal a a few months ago or weeks ago, um, just the comparison between soccer and music and, and yeah, some people, they're Mm -hmm. just, absolute maestros it's beautiful to watch and and when i say that i think of Lionel messi um he's Mm -hmm. magical just a magical player and um it's yeah just like anyone likes listening to their favorite music or their favorite song watching messi it it just oh puts a smile on my face i know it's my heart up so now now you're doing tell me um like what is it what is it that the dream team that you would want to be on if you could if you could get to that team, would it be the ones you love already? Or is there a different team you'd rather play with? Possibly a team in, in the first division in England. Um, that would be an amazing environment. Kind of uh, something that's close to my heart is our our city in Ottawa. They just, in the last two years, they started their professional team um, in the NASL. So mm-hmm. that's the second division in North America. And, you know, going home and playing for your, your hometown is incredible. And mm-hmm. they're actually scouting more and more Canadian players. A good friend of mine who was playing in Finland, um, he ended up just moving there last month. Um, so playing, yeah, playing in front of your home crowd would be an amazing thing. So I definitely think down the line, that's something I would want to do. And in the next, you know, two, three years, really push for something um, that's that's more first division in Europe. It's so it's so exciting, you know, when people like the way that you've carved out your career, I think oftentimes athletes don't think of jumping around the world like you are. Like that is a pretty cool plan that you've made up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And each step of the way, it's it's kind of, I'm at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me what the, the name of the team is or mm-hmm. where it is. Um, but I'm always looking to, to reach my potential as a soccer player. That's mm-hmm. kind of my, my main goal mm-hmm. and trying to achieve that. I always look at, okay, is this a step forward in my career? Is this environment going to help me improve in these different areas? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, every time I feel like it's been a step forward, a step forward, who knows where the next step will be. Um, and it could end up being bigger steps. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. It's amazing how this, just this, like this thing that you did as a kid, you know what I mean? Is, 
has created all these opportunities for you beyond just playing the sport, you know, uh, living in all yeah. these different places and these different jobs and um, different people that you've met. It's like, so you're under, you know, your core is following soccer, which has led you to all these places. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes we have something else that gives us those opportunities, but you really have lined that up pretty tightly. So um, my next question is, so different from soccer, um, I wanted to know if there's something that you're really exploring now that you're curious about that's different from things that you typically go after. Because I know you, you know, you study optimizing your life and you travel and you um, play soccer and all of that, but something different. Like for me, there's there actually, I don't even know how to shut it down anymore because I'm curious about something new about every 20 minutes. And um, <laughs> the problem is I need to figure out how to have like a lot more time in my day, which I'm, you know, I'm working on that. But like today I was thinking, and maybe it was because I knew I was going to talk to you and you are in Bali. And a long time yeah. ago, I had read the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I really love the, the way that she described Indonesia and their customs. And I was thinking how I would love to understand more about people's customs. And I think it was because I came in the house and we don't have the habit of taking our shoes off, you know, and I'm thinking, I think that's mm-hmm. probably a good idea. I really need to understand more why people do that, which seems crazy, but that's okay. So I wanted, I want to know more about customs of different cultures. And um, that's something that's on my curiosity list now. So is there something new for you that's sort of like drawing your attention? Um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know what I'll do um, when someone says no to that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yes. Um, so yeah, being, being, I guess I'll call myself a world traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love picking up different, uh, different parts of the cultures and incorporating them into my life. Uh, there's, there's a word for it. Oh no, it, it's a long word. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to remember it. Um, but it's basically, yeah, a person who, uh, appreciates different cultures and, it's almost like enculturation or something like that. Oh, but I like yeah. that. I like you, that you, word. Yes. And it's incorporating and appreciating other people's cultures. And, um, yeah, that's, that's one part of my life that I really enjoy. And I'm, I'm really grateful for having these experiences, um, in, in Brazil, the culture there is incredible. Um, and like, it's just vibrant and there's this, um, a word they call it jinga. It's this kind of flowing, dancing rhythm of Brazil that mm-hmm. that it's just fantastic. Um, and it goes to all these other places and the new experiences that I have there. But actually, being in Bali, um, we've we've been here for this is day six, uh-huh. and we'll we'll end up since my soccer season just ended. Um, we, we decided to come here for the off season. So we'll be here for about two months. And after six days, we've experienced so much of the culture that it's, uh, <laughs> we're already talking about, oh my goodness, if, if I, I end up quitting soccer, we stay here. Okay. If, what, like, what is it? What is it about Bali? Like, I need to understand this because everybody like, you know, it sounds like a trendy thing, like, oh, we're going to go to Bali or People used to go, you know, there used to be other places. Oh, you're going to go to Paris, but everybody goes to Bali. What is it? I need to understand this. (laughs) Um, I guess 
Well, we, we came at a great time uh-huh. uh, d- during the, I think, the Sinur Festival. Um, so there was a whole bunch of, of the kind of cultural activities going on that we were able to, to take part in, like the parades of all of the, the different uh, clubs in the area and all of their dresses, like everything very, yeah, it, it's so it's really beautiful Indonesian, um, uh, just the makeup that they wear and everything, everything like that. It's very then, ceremonial, right? They're very ceremonial there. Like yes. every day there's some sort of ceremony for something. Exactly. Right? Okay. Um, and actually yesterday we just, <laughs> we went to a cremation ceremony, which it was, it was amazing. It was a really cool experience. Um, and, but the the most amazing part of that is how welcoming the people are to foreigners um, who who are curious about mm-hmm. their customs and and you know they they were really really helpful um, in explaining what was going on and and just they're the people are just so nice. I, I can't even explain it. Um, when we were villa shopping, we got lost and we found this one man named, uh, Agung and he ended up sticking with us for maybe an hour walking by foot villa to villa, uh, helping us out. He called up, uh, his cousin and Mm -hmm. a, a doctor that he knew that had a villa. And he basically took us around. He had there was absolutely nothing in it for him, but he, he just wanted to help us. And it was, it was an amazing experience. Mm. And we ended up eating at his family's Warung, which is a, a tiny cafe. Um, and yeah, we had some amazing inexpensive food and just, yeah, every day it brings a really cool new experience, but every time the people are, are so amazing. So it's the people. That's what it is. I, I think it has to be okay. um, the the people, and I think just their way of life. Uh, yeah, their 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 culture, the way that they they hold themselves, it's just fantastic. Is it um, is it slower paced than other places that you've lived? Do you think, or or faster paced? Um, that's that's a great question, and. In the city, I mean, going to somewhere like Melbourne, it was really it was really hectic at times. Um, in the big city, mm-hmm. here there's so many scooters everywhere. Of course, it's uh, it's it can get crazy on the roads. But yeah, there's it's it's relaxed to to a certain extent. It's yeah, I, I would say it's if you're not talking about what's going on on the roads, yeah, the everyone is really chilled. The, the vibes are, are mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's chill. So you found your villa though. Found your villa. Yes. Um, we, we found two of them that we were kind of choosing between. Um, and yeah, I think we, we've locked down one. It's, it's actually fairly close to the beach. Um, it's, there's, they're so cute. The, the, the options are, I don't know. They're like tiny houses mm-hmm. or little apartments, things like that. 
and yeah, they, they're small, but they have like all the necessities. And I, I'm the type of person I like, you know, those tiny houses that people put on trailers sometimes. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Those, those tiny houses, the, the, the simple living, I like it. So a small place is perfect. Um, and then, you know, we'll enjoy our time here. My partner's actually doing her yoga certification and we'll, yeah, it's going to be an amazing time. Oh, that seems like the exact place to do that doesn't it? I mean, of all places in the world. So what do you already have a feel for like what kind of cultural, um, um, thing that you want to bring back with you from Bali? Is is it already, is there, is it too new to know? I think it's, it's still too new. Um, however, for, for gift ideas, um, we (laughs) went to this place called Kopi Bali. Um, it's a coffee shop where they actually have these little animals that are called luwaks that they are what eat the coffee beans and then they poop them out and then they clean them and serve them and it's the it's the best coffee apparently um, <laughs> yeah so, so it, i'm not i'm glad that we're not on video right now <laughs> yeah it's it's a little gross yeah like laughing but kind of like making a face at the same time so yeah (laughs) yeah but apparently it's really good coffee so we'll have to pick some of that (laughs) up and and maybe i'll share it with my friends and family before i tell them how it's made (laughs) i would recommend that because i really don't think they're they're gonna buy into that (laughs) have you tried it yet really that's the litmus test have you tried it no not yet we're we're going We will soon, but I do, I love coffee now, especially being in Melbourne, being coffee central. Um, there's a cafe, there's like five cafes on every corner. Um, and yeah, the coffee culture there, uh, is something that we also really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, coffee is a big deal. It's good. It definitely is. In fact, how did you get involved in doing what you do with, um, oh wait, with Brian? Like, what is it? Is that filling part of your passion? or following part of it? Um, I, I listened to a bazillion philosopher's notes. I was mm-hmm. totally sold on, on the whole Brian Johnson experience. And I messaged him saying like, dear Brian, um, <laughs> I will, I will sell all of my life possessions and hop on the next flight. If you will have me as, as your <laughs> apprentice. Did you actually um, say that? <laughs> I, I did. I absolutely did. I said, I, yeah, I wanted to be his apprentice. I just, and so I, I wrote that and I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? Like, And he wrote back to me. He said, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, right, be careful exactly. What you wish for. We're hiring. And it was, it was an awesome kind of oh. experience going into that. And since then, you know, though the company roles have changed through mm-hmm. NPOs, um, there was always uh, a lot of love and support and Mm -hmm. the the whole culture of that business is like the the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of. Um, Just the people there, like Brian, Evan being such amazing leaders and super intelligent people. So helpful. Uh, It was, yeah, one of the, the best decisions outside of soccer I've, ever made in my life. I would really recommend anytime listeners can get an opportunity to check out Brian's philosopher's notes and the work that he's doing. It's, um, it's phenomenal. It is, it's life changing. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of look at it as the domino effect of, mm-hmm. you know, the each domino has been knocked over for the next one, and it's all leading up to something ginormous and, right. and big. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as long as as long as I'm here putting the daily effort in, um, wherever it takes me next, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm along for this awesome ride and I'm, yeah, I'm just loving the heck out of the process. You know how people think that they have to, they're trying to figure out what to do with their life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like such a common thing for people, like, especially, um, in their, you know, like not even twenties and then their twenties. And then some people get to their thirties or forties and they think, okay, I'm not doing what I want to do. What, what do I do with my life? I think what you really hit on there and what I finally figured out is that um, it, it, we don't, we shouldn't even ask that question other than living with like the, whatever it is, the, by the get your own guide of, of how you want to live, what you mm-hmm. do with your life. I think you should say, what, what do I want to do with this year? Or what do I want to do with next year? Because it can change all the mm-hmm. time. And that's the exciting part. Like if I said, I want to do this thing my whole life, well, then I sort of am, uh, that's it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You might be closed off to other opportunities that right. might pop up. Right. So like, I like looking at like, what do I want to do with this year? And then just see where it mm-hmm. goes. That's the exciting thing. But it's cool to have an underlying passion, like, um, through all of it, which is what you have, have laid out. Is there any, this is the last question I promised. Is there any okay. advice you would give, um, young up and coming soccer players when they're looking oh. at, um, what they want to do with their career? Um, Oh, that's such a good one. Um, so much advice. Uh, I, I think going, I think it kind of all comes down to like, it's not even soccer related, but who do you want to be? Um, being really clear with your purpose, uh, and just sticking with that kind of guide and, you know, making sure that you're in alignment with, with your, your values and, and, you know, obviously encouraging yourself and pushing yourself to, to, to become, you know, what you can be the whole, mm-hmm. uh, re- reaching your potential. But, um, yeah, asking yourself who you want to be and really getting clear on that. Uh, I feel like that's been a core theme throughout my life is just constantly looking at developing into who I want to be and, and then going into soccer, um, who do I want to be on the field as a player? Uh, really, I think if you hold yourself a certain way that that comes through in your games, in your training and, and people see that and notice that and, mm-hmm. and you feel it yourself. Um, I like, I'll never say that I'm the best player I'm always going to say that I'm the hardest working and, and that's because I know who I want to be. Um, and that's, that's a really, really hardworking individual. So kind of getting true to yourself and, and living through that way. Well, and then you're, you're owning what you can do versus what everybody else is doing, you know, cause yeah. saying, saying you're the best player means you suddenly have to pull into that field. Um, where is everybody else on that rank? You know, whereas if you just, if it's really about being the hardest working, you have full control over that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it'll, it'll always be, I will, 
I'll be the hardest working me that I can be too. Right. Um, right. yeah, yeah. Completely pulling away from the comparisons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that. So good advice for new soccer players. And, um, I will look forward to finding mm-hmm. out what you take back from Bali and work into your own cultures and customs. And, um, hope, I bet you'll have a lot of great stories to tell at the end of two months. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just for the listeners too, just to remind me, are you, do you have, do you have your coaching company as well? Um, I do. I, I love helping players like myself, um, kind of do what I'm doing. So I'm always open to, to giving advice or, uh, the tips and tricks that I've found out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, you can go to zachdrakecoaching.com uh, and chat with me there. Uh, yeah, even if it's parents of young soccer players, I, I'm always happy to talk to anyone about awesome. soccer. <laughs> awesome. So I'll, I'll link all of that up in the show notes on the website. And so there's they can find you there, they can find you at Brian Johnson, and they can find you in Bali if they happen to be there. <laughs> Thanks so much yes. for coming and talking to me today. It was really great to hear your story. You know, I only knew bits and pieces of it, and it's a pretty cool path you've carved out. I like it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't really been able to to have a platform to, to share, so I really appreciate that. And it's always fun talking to you. Um, I hope we can do it again sometime. Uh, me too. Me too. I'm sure we will. All right. Well, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. We all know the only thing that could have made that conversation better would be if I had been in Bali, having the conversation with him face to face, maybe during one of the parades, maybe next time. Wow. Zach is one of those guys that I, um, can't help but notice how much he shows up every day for what he's doing and he really was an example of that going through the hard period when he had the injury and that's one of the things I'll take away you know how he really focused on what his core values are and what he wanted to learn from that experience and came out of it on top back playing around the world choosing where he goes next I mean it doesn't get much better than that So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Glistening Particles. 